everyone, it's David Silden from New Age Ventures, and welcome back to another episode in our Health Voyager podcast series. I hope that you are all faring as well as possible during this uh, pretty trying period. And as many of you have either begun or are still in the midst of planning to return to work, please heed the guidance. Stay flexible with your strategy. Use the resources available to you like UH's Healthy Restart Playbook and allow these to guide your tactics. This is a politicized environment. It's ridiculous, but we urge you to follow science and not get your guidance from YouTube. Wear a mask. Today's conversation is a fireside-style chat with Eaton Corporation's electrical sector CTO, Michael Rogelski, and University Hospital Ventures Managing Director, Kip Lee. Eaton Corporation and UH have had a long-standing and deep relationship for many years. Both are critical community partners, and in my mind, both represent the best of Cleveland. At the outset of the COVID crisis, it became immediately clear that this community, business and otherwise, would need to come together to address and solve for the rapidly changing set of challenges we were all facing. And today, we'll talk about how Eaton and UH partnered in a transformational manner to respond. Perhaps we can start with some brief introductions. Uh, if each of you will give us a couple of sentences in terms of your background and your roles and your organizations, and uh, we'll kick it off from there. Michael, why don't we start? All right, great, you? David. Thank you very much, and really, uh, you know, happy to be part of this uh, podcast. My name is Michael Rogelski, and I am uh, Chief Technology Officer for Eaton's Electrical Sector. And for those of you that don't know, uh, Eaton Eaton is an intelligent power management company, and what that means is that we help our customers around the actively use different types of power in their applications. It could be mechanical power, it could be fluid power, it could be electrical power. So if we think about electricity, our electrical solutions are the backbones for safe, reliable electricity supply. You know, our industrial products, they play a key role in helping our infrastructure, such as data centers, um, could be different factories and stuff. Um, it's really helping to keep them up and up and running. So we provide mission critical support as a foundation across all these essential services. And really, you know, part of that is helping out hospitals, first responders, governments, data centers, factories, and different types of commercial and residential buildings. Tremendous. Thank you, Michael. Kip, take it away. Hello, I am Kip Lee, Managing Director at uh, UH Ventures. And if you've been listening to our podcast, I think you kind of know what the uh, UH Ventures is about. We are the innovation and commercialization arm of university hospitals in Cleveland. And uh, I do a lot of uh, leading our innovation design as well as our product effort. And uh, very, very excited to be here. Like many on the team, not from healthcare, but um, it's been great to uh, have been at UH for about five years now. And uh, I guess I'm, a, I'm an insider at this point. Thank you and welcome to Time on the Eaton website, taking a look at your, your, your expansive vision statement. And I drilled down to a, to a couple of sub-elements. And uh, Kip, certainly I'm, I'm uh, infinitely familiar with ours, which is relatively simple. But one sub-statement stood out for me, Michael, with regard to Eaton. It states, support our communities by offering our time and social and economic needs where we work and live. I thought that was incredibly powerful. Certainly from our perspective, to heal, to teach, and discover, 
I want you to key off our heels. So for each of you, you'd reflect upon that sub-element of each of the respective organizations, mission statements, and how that re was reflected in terms of the COVID-19 response. Right, and uh, you know, what you mentioned, that is a, a very key part of the call. Take it back to maybe a higher level um, to, to start with. So our vision is, you know, at Eaton, our vision statement is, how do we improve the quality of life and the environment with our power management technologies and services. So if we start with that, you know, that really is, is kind of the backbone. We wanna make sure that not only are, are we producing product, but we're doing good for the environment and the communities that we play in. And all the way from senior leadership, from Craig R, CEO, um, you know, on down, it's really encouraged that in the environments where we have you know, factories where we have offices that everybody play a vital role in being part of that community. It's encouraged that a lot of us become part, uh, you know, that we join different nonprofits, we serve on boards, and we really take the time and the talent that we devote to Eaton, but also bring it back into the community and make sure that we're giving back because in order to make our communities vibrant, it's, it's vital that we become a, a part of that fabric and we help weave it together. And when we start thinking about what happened with COVID-19, it really became kind of a call to action. How can we go and we help, and, and when the pandemic first, the onset first came on, how could we help in healthcare providers? How could we use our expertise? Is there things that we could do using our manufacturing capabilities, our design processes, and just our talent to, to go and help those organizations survive the onslaught of into the, the hospitals and help to navigate that. So it really is a, a culture, David, that we've established from the top uh, from the top down, and every employee is really encouraged to be part of that. If we think about all of the employees at Eaton that respond, I'm really proud of everybody in Northeast Ohio. From some of the work that we did with um, you know, our teams did with uh, university hospitals to some of the other organizations around, everybody really stepped up and made a difference in these trying times. Tremendous, Michael, that makes perfect sense. And, you know, kept from the perspective of to heal as a backbone, backbone to or backbones to our response, some of your reflections, please. I think uh, for us, it is quite simple. It's enduring, uh, I think for 150 years now. And it's one that I think uh, uh, when, our marketing team did a study a few years ago. I think over 90, 95% of our employees, our caregivers, know it by heart to heal, to teach, to discover. And I guess to respond, David, what's been really powerful is, you know, to think about these as really guiding principles, similar to the way Michael just outlined what uh, the mission is for Eaton. And during, you know, times of crisis like this, um, they are equally powerful, but uh, I like to think of them as a triad. And you know, how might we think about you know, healing as healing, but also discovering as a teaching as a form of healing. And for me, and I think the team that was really engaged with, we are a, an academic-based research hub, and how might we bring to bear some of the insights, both clinical and just the, the insights at the level of what happens in healthcare. Uh, and some of the learnings there, uh, and how does that support uh, the, the to heal? 
And similarly, our spirit, our culture of discovery and innovation, how do we use that productively uh, for the purpose of, of healing uh, both our caregivers on the front lines, our patients, as well as the community. Kip, thank you. The three of us all came from, come from large organizations. Uh, we're known for many things. Agility is not one of them. We had to overcome a number of well-established and ingress, uh, if you will, when it came to the manner in which we were required to uh, react during this crisis period. Michael, in prior conversations, you've used the term, the, the, the mantra, uh, the power of focus. And uh, you've used that term to a, a catalyst for effective response. Perhaps give us some, some reflections with regard to um, how you saw the power of focus manifest in the way in which Eaton and Eaton and UH collectively responded. And perhaps uh, I'll ask Kip to... Sure. Um, this is probably one of my uh, one of the areas that I just get fascinated with, uh, David. I've, I've been part. I've been blessed to be part of a startup organization as well as a large, uh, you know, organization such as Eaton. And one thing that I found that really is is common between no company that has unlimited time, money, or resources to be able to go and tackle uh, challenges that are out. There. And if you start thinking about just some of the organizational differences that lead to that, you know, agility, you know, large organizations, you have a tremendous, it, it's amazing you think about why can't you respond faster to situations? You seem to have, you know, large organizations have a number of resources that are out there from different people, different capabilities, there's investments, there's partnerships that have been created, mark channel presence, breadth of products and stuff, but yet, Startups are the ones that seem to be have all of the agility and they have limited resources, but they do have one thing and that is they have generally a singular source of product that they're looking at to generate revenue and livelihood. And that single source gives them a focus. When you have a whole portfolio, it's about how much time do you devote to each single, you know, each, each item. So when we think about what happened during the, the COVID-19 crisis, it, it does emphasize the power of focus. All of a sudden, everything was, how can we help the frontline healthcare workers get through the pandemic and be able to respond and provide care to the patients that are coming? And all of a sudden, all of the organizational boundaries, all of the different you know, competing tasks were just going on. And there were singular purpose and focus that everyone got, you know, united around. And, you know, it really helped us to, be, to become very clear on what we needed to do. And then as we started collaborating, you know, and working with um, university hospitals and understanding your needs, all of a sudden everybody, both organizations, had that same focus, that same clarity. And the same mission. We didn't have to write it down on a piece of paper. We didn't have to think about, well, what is my objective and what's your objective? How do we come together? It was just clear. It was understood. And you know, this this pandemic really created that kind of unifying north star that everyone was aligned around. And it really gave us focus. It gave us power. It gave us clarity. And what that turned into was speed. We were able to go and identify the needs that were impacting you know, your ability to go and um, you know, respond to patients. 
And we said, okay, what are the things that we could do? And all of a sudden it's like, okay, let's iterate on this design. Let's get something out, test it, get it back in, look at how to scale. And uh, those, those events really, you'd think that it'd be commonplace, but they don't happen that often. And this, this pandemic really taught us that if we want to get something done, if we want to collaborate and move fast and get that speed and power, it, it really comes down to a singular focus and having everyone aligned around that. Kip, your sense for focus and agility from UH's perspective as a, as a backdrop to what Michael has just said? Yeah, I think uh, everything Michael just said resonates strongly uh, with, uh, I think, uh, our attitude in, in, in the collaborative work. I think maybe one way to, you know, maybe two ways to break it down. One is the contrast between wide, as Michael just outlined, and going in deep and the ability to take on that product mentality where it's about testing, iterating, instead of planning, uh, you know, let's do something, even if it's how to put it out there, get quick feedback. And it's really that product uh, ethos. Uh, if we're going to talk about agility, I think uh, one reference point is product or software development. I guess the other pairing would be the, the waterfall versus, a, you know, agile method an actual formal technical term, right, software. And uh, waterfall, of course, uh, is the approach where things are taken in sequence. There's often the you know, roadmap. We didn't have the luxury of that. So, you know, out of necessity, we had to take an agile approach. And what's, I think, really awesome about what we uh, did together was um, it's not mutually exclusive. When we think about waterfall, it's, you know, this planning and agility, it almost gets a bad rep where it's like, you don't really know if you're just running around trying different things. And that's not necessarily the case. We're able to accomplish together in the short span was maybe thoughtful agility where, um, you know, you don't have to risk uh, or do away with planning and, and being thoughtful about this. We can, as Michael points out, that North Star, where we can have a clear distinction between signal and noise and maybe truly out of necessity and i thought the constraint of deadlines and um, you know sharing in what we want to accomplish was actually liberating as opposed to uh you know paralysis by analysis which can sometimes happen in organizations organizations talk about collaboration I mean, some of that is symbolic some of that's uh, you know tremendous intentions and uh, not a great deal of action in order for institutions that are in very desperate industries to come together and align around this singular focus, there obviously need to be some, some ingredients. Did we just catch lightning in a bottle between UH and Eaton? What were some of those ingredients, whether they be the, the human resources or the assets or the, the, the attitudes? You know, if you think about our partnership with the organization Magnus in the state of Ohio, the fact that we were able to rapidly design, iterate, uh, revert, and, and eventually um, get to a point of production on a, on a shield design in less than two weeks is by any measure break, breakneck speed. Michael, what are some of those ingredients with regard to how different organizations? Yeah, you know, um, I, I think I want to highlight one of the things that Kip had brought up uh, earlier. I think that was the key. We weren't searching for perfection, but we were searching to get it right. And it's that learning mentality, it's the teaching mentality, and the sharing of information. There wasn't really a view that we have proprietary information and we're trying to protect 
trade secrets, but it's like, let's openly share the knowledge that we have across the different organizations and let's put that into solving the problem at hand. And then as we learn, bring these new insights together so that we can adapt to change and course correct if we, if we need to. And if we do that, what happens is if we think about kind of a, a sine wave, if you will, what we're doing was kind of smoothing it out and not having big gyrations in you know, where we're trying to go versus what the real need was. But it's like, let's learn as we go, let's modulate on it, and let's smooth it out. And I think that that openness to share information and not become protective and thinking about, well, what's in the best interest of my organization, um, that really helped to bring this uh, to bring this to light and to help the collaboration. I'll give you one example. If I just think about one of the things that we needed to, to look at was we don't understand the protocols for bringing people stand, the protocols for kind of treating, you know, patients, but, you know, UH did, and you were able to share that with us and stuff. And likewise, we were able to share some of the kind of design challenges that we would have and okay, that becomes a meeting of the minds. I said, okay, what, what is the best path forward? We weren't rigid around the requirements. The requirement was how do we help solve the crisis? Kip, any, uh, any additional thoughts? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, maybe at a macro level, just the complementarity, as, as Michael points out. For us, I think uh, it was fairly easy to accept that and acknowledge that uh, our, you know, who we are, what our strengths are as a health system. We clearly are not in the production and manufacturing space. And as Michael points out, we, we in, in a number of ways, as well as in ways that, you know, um, we, we knew what we can and what we can't do, right? And uh, the insights were, I think, um, really meaningful for us, as well as I think the overall team with Eaton, as, uh, you know, we quickly hypothesized and it seemed to be fitting that healthcare is a, a very interesting use case, perhaps a, an extreme use case, as we talked about, where if something works in healthcare, it probably will work <laughs> everywhere else, right? And that was a working hypothesis. And uh, you know, because we are, uh, you know, in the, uh, in, you know, we have folks in the front lines actually taking care of patients, and that common sense understanding, if it works in that kind of direct front lines approach. There might be some cascading benefits for others in the community, including uh, the realm of manufacturing and and so on and so forth. So I think that complementarity, understanding, um, you know, what our strengths are, uh, what we can do, what we, what we can't do. I think another uh, way of saying that, you know, what Michael just shared is because we have to make a, a movie reference on, you know, on our podcasts. Uh, we, I think we talked about, you know, Field of Dreams. We've certainly talked about it on this podcast, but maybe if I might modify, instead of if you build it, they will come, you know, it was almost a, as you're building it, you know, uh, people will, people will join. It, the, the sine wave, you know, described a little differently in, in movie form, but it, we didn't know where we would end. We're on this journey. I think uh, there were some natural, you know, forces where others in the community uh, saw what we were doing and uh, wanted to participate, and it organically came together, culminating is, and as you point out, David, you know, the state of Ohio getting behind this and uh, doing something. Yeah, the really coalition of the willing. So now I'm going to use a phrase that we've all come to detest, and that is new normal. 
So I want you both to, to, to give me some, some sense for the future, the future of manufacturing, Michael, the future of, of, of healthcare, Kip. What's changed forever? What will never be the same again as a result of what we've gone through, what we're still going through? And what do you think might, might revert back to what it looked like in, uh, in February just before you know, this, this situation became acute? Michael, we'll start with you with manufacturing. You know, I think one of, one of the things that we, we realize, um, you know, during that time, the, the economy essentially shut down for a large part um, and stuff. There's been a lot of stuff, you know, talked about and discussed in that aspect. But the one thing is manufacturing. I mean, if you think about it, we still need to have food. We still need to have supplies. The electricity can't go off. I mean, there's a number of things that are, that are out there that are just critical to, to human uh, survival, if you will, just at the basic level that you really can't shut down. So once you get by the, the healthcare and the essential healthcare providers, how do you bring back to work and keep everybody else safe so that we as humans can just have a basic, um, the basic necessities, if you will, for, for survival? So when, when, when we look at that, I think there's going to be um, an increased amount, we're already seeing it, there's an increased amount of PPE that's going to be required inside of manufacturing to keep people safe. And what that's doing is it's interjected a lot of different manual processes. Everything from looking at temperature checks when you come in to um, if somebody is diagnosed with, with COVID, how do you go and you know, see who they were in contact with so you can prevent any kind of outside of a manufacturing, you know, facility. But we're really looking at how do you take some of these next generation technologies and, you know, digital technologies, put them inside of PPE, of protective devices, so that now people can feel mentally safe, assured that they're getting physically, you know, protected, and being able to help facilitate workers going back to work safely, not just going back to work, but staying at work safely, feeling you know, confident um, that environment that's gonna allow them to do their job and then return home safely. We think a lot in manufacturing about you know, um, any kind of injuries and stuff that could happen, whether you're falling off of a ladder or, or any kind of machine injury, but wellness protection, specifically around you know covid and there will be other viruses that come out in the in the future that becomes now a daily part of the of the new normal and we want people to come to work and go home safely in that same type of vein and we have to look at what are the new technologies that we can put in and then combine that with um, rules like the playbooks that you're developing to go and you know, bring people back to work safely and make sure we're automating that, make sure we're making people aware and we're protecting the work. And I think that is going to be the new normal. It's going to be about protection from, you know, viruses, types of, um, you know, diseases at work. And then also how can, um, you know, you increase the overall wellness of our employees. Mark, keep your reflection on what's going to change for us in healthcare. Yeah, I think uh, Michael did a great job of speaking to um, maybe at the community level some of the changes. Um, yeah, at the healthcare level, I hope this never happens again. Uh, so that's the first thought. Second thought would be how do we uh, take what we've learned, though, uh, as as Michael alluded to, great learnings during this time, and 
for healthcare also specifically, I think we've learned a lot working with Eaton when it comes to product. And again, we're a services industry traditionally, but one of the great things we've learned is we use products both for you know, patient care as we're thinking about greater consumerism, digital products, tele, as well as for our own use, things like PPE. How do we get more involved and uh, contribute you know, at the level of insights? You know, we talk a lot about, we use a lot of products in healthcare, like electronic medical record systems. And oftentimes we complain about the products we use. And part of it is because we've not been involved in the process of designing these things, technology, products. And I think uh, how might we become more active as co-designers, co-collaborators, caregivers in the ultimately use. And I think showcasing and demonstrating that this is one way we can do so as we've partnered with Eaton is a tremendous example for us at university hospitals and perhaps uh, maybe for others out there as well. well. Oh, in my mind, it's the sustenance of, of this type of relationship that uh, if, there's, if there's a silver lining to be had, and uh, perhaps we have to, uh, to search for those right now, but this is certainly one of them, and I'm looking forward to moving forward uh, in the vein of what you've just expressed, Kip. And I'd like to thank both of you for today's conversation. I think everyone's going to find it uh, compelling. Stay safe. To our listeners, heed the guidance of trusted sources. But let's also be vigilant when it comes to each other's uh, uh, emotional uh, uh, health and, and gauge each other's resilience. We, we've pivoted from talking about physical distancing, uh, to, from talking about social distancing to physical distancing, because of course there's a huge qualitative difference between the two. And uh, urge everyone to remain uh, kind with each other be open to the lessons that we heard during today's podcast. I thank you both and uh, we'll catch you all next time.